Hey, yo, what's good, y'all? Did you know that HIV treatment has changed over the years? Most HIV pills contain three or more medicines. Today, HIV pills with just two medicines may help you stay undetectable. That's nice, right? HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. So how many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, it's no worries, because your doctor does. Talk to your doctor about a two-in-one HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Hey, y'all, it's Kadeen. And DeVal. And guess what? We wrote a whole ass book. That's right, y'all. Our book, We Over Me, the counterintuitive approach to getting everything you want from your relationship, discusses family, parenting. DeVal's favorite topic, sex and intimacy. Finances and commitment with the honesty and raw truth y'all have always gotten from us. We Over Me, the counterintuitive approach to getting everything you want from your relationship is available now everywhere books are sold. Every time I say I got it, I don't be having it. Deadass? Well, that's news to me because you are literally the epitome of check on your strong friends. That ass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. This past year, 2022, was an extremely long, arduous, but successful year for the Ellis family. Indeed. I personally filmed, I did a film in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. I did three seasons of television. Mm -hmm. We went on a podcast tour. Mm -hmm. Uh, We finished writing the book. Yep. And those are just some of the small, like some of the things. That those we- are like major work-related things. Yeah. Not to mention a ton of just milestone family Birthdays. events. Your mom turned sixty-five. Your dad turned seventy. Cash turned five. Coda turned one. Coda turned one. It was a lot. It was just a lot of things going on. And anytime I recap the year, I'm always like, "Thank you, God, first and foremost," because I will not complain. However, yeah, that shit took us out. It did. So from around April, I also filmed uh, another episode of television. I filmed, uh, what was the show? Everything's Trash. Mm-hmm. So from that moment, I think it was in May, I mm-hmm. filmed. May or June. Yes. I was going nonstop. I went from New York 
came back home, flew to Ottawa, came back home, flew to do the travel show, mm -hmm. to do the travel show. Mm -hmm. We went to four cities. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, we went to three cities, yes. flew back home to do the podcast tour, mm -hmm. then flew back to do the final city of the tour, mm -hmm. then came back, flew back to New York for all these different milestone birthdays. Then I ended up every weekend in September, I think. Every weekend. <laughs> um, also, Dakota's christening. Yes. Then we, I flew back home to film Sisters. Mm -hmm. So, I'm on set of Sisters. This is in November. After all of that flying, everything, I was feeling good. I was, I was fine. I was ready to go. Monday, you were home. Tuesday, you started to leave to go. You had to go to Jamaica for a, a family best wedding, wedding. Best yep. friend's wedding. So Wednesday, Kadeen left, and I had the boys. My parents and my grandparents flew in. And it just so happened, that's when cold and flu season was starting. Mm -hmm. So the kids had gotten sick. My parents came home to help, and my parents had gotten sick. My grandparents had come home to help. My grandparents were sick. I come back home on the Thursday night, Mm -hmm. And everybody's sne sneezing, coughing, fevers, headaches. And I'm in the middle of production. So I can't get sick because if I get sick, mm -hmm. all the production stops. And we're not even talking about COVID. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the flu. Mm -hmm. The flu was still a thing, y'all. You Absolutely. take the flu into the workplace and it starts to spread. It can shut everything down. Absolutely. Because it, it spread so fast in this house. It went from one person. Cairo brought the flu home and then mm -hmm. everyone ended up getting it. Mm -hmm. So Friday... um. I'm headed towards lunch. I'm feeling fine. I go to lay down and I get a knock at the door and it's Crystal. Everybody knows her. Her name is Fatima on TV. She's like, yo, D, they're getting ready to call for you on set. You know, get going. I remember feeling like I was trying to get up and I couldn't get up. I was saying to my body, Deval, get up. And I wasn't moving. I remember being extremely hot. And the reason why I was hot is because I was feeling cold, like the chills, when mm -hmm. I went in the room. So I put the heat all the way up and turned the blanket on. Mm -hmm. Then I was feeling hot. So I woke up and I was sweating, telling my legs to get down. My legs are not moving. She's like, Devout, what's the matter? I'm like, yo, I don't, I don't feel good. I can't move. I can't move. So she puts her hand on my forehead. She's like, yo, you sweating, bro. Like, I'm going to call the medic. She calls the medic. The medic comes in and was just like, bro, you know, what's the matter? How do you feel? And to be honest, I started getting nervous. Like, I felt scared. He was like, yo, can you sit up? So I'm like, I don't think I can sit up. He was like, yo, if you can't sit up, I'm going to have to call an ambulance. Mm -hmm. uh, earlier in the week, we had had someone pass out on set because, um, ironically enough, that first day of shooting, it was it was in November, but it was 88 degrees. The first, remember we had an a anomaly. It was an abnormally hot day in November, mm -hmm. and we were filming outside on this day. And one of our, my castmates passed out because mm -hmm. of the heat. We were all dressed up in our sweaters and stuff, thinking we were going outside in the cold, mm -hmm. and that's what it called for. But she was standing outside for a number of hours in the heat. So they were like, man, you may be dehydrated. I go downstairs to, um, once after, you know, I sat up, he was like, um, if you can't sit up, I'm going to have to call an ambulance. I said, no, let me sit up. I don't want you to call an ambulance. It's Friday. If they call an ambulance and I can't finish shooting, we lose a whole day because I had a number of scenes at the end of the day. And if you lose a day, it goes push the next week, and that, you know, costs more money for the studio. So I'm like, no. And I also didn't want to, it's going to sound crazy. I didn't want to go to the doctor, and they tell me I had COVID or the flu, and then I can't film for the rest of the film shoot days. Mm -hmm. And if that happens, then everybody has to wait until after the holidays to work, which means people don't get paid before Christmas. People don't get paid before 
New Year and they don't get paid for Thanksgiving. And I'm like, I don't want to be the reason why. So I, I will myself to just get up and I'm like, get up, get up. So I get up. Um, he takes my temperature. My temperature was like 99. It wasn't like that high. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't think you, you're sick because you don't have a fever. I think you were hot initially because you're in here with the heat on and you have a blanket on. And I told him I felt cold. Mm-hmm. So they gave me some liquid IVs, gave me a whole bunch of medicines and stuff. And they're like, can you finish? So I didn't have a cough. I didn't have a runny nose or anything. So I'm like, yeah, I can finish. I, I end up getting up, take the liquid IV. I drink like three bottles of water. Didn't use the bathroom. At this point, I didn't realize what was happening. Mm-hmm. I get up, I finish my scenes. My scenes ended up being the last scenes of the night. So I was there until 12 o'clock. And I drive home. Me and Kay have a conversation when I get home. My parents are waiting for me when I come in the house because I called them and told them I wasn't feeling well. Um, when I get home, I go to weigh myself. Now, right now, I'm naturally around 198, 200 pounds. When I weighed myself that day, I was 185 pounds. Mm. And that's what it hit me. Then I'm burnt out. Don't push me because I'm close to the Edge. Edge. I'm trying not, not to, to lose, lose my head. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes. It make me wonder why they want to take a Sunday. Why they, they want to take a Sunday. Sunday. Hey. That's how I be feeling <laughs> at the edge of the bed. Like, don't push me off the edge of the bed. I really want to go back to sleep. Uh-huh. But I can't. Uh-huh. You know, so. Because you got shit to do. Yes. Shit to do. All right. Let's take a break and then we're going to get back into story time and just kind of uh, unravel it a bit. Yeah. Okay. Hey, yo, what's good, y'all? Let me ask you a question. Can you remember how many medicines are in an HIV pill? Well, check this out. If you said two, three, or maybe even four, you're absolutely right. Most HIV pills contain three or four medicines, but you also may be able to stay undetectable with just two medicines in one single pill. Yep, there's an HIV pill containing just two medicines that may help you stay undetectable. Why might all this matter for someone on HIV treatment? Well, HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. How many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, don't trip, because your doctor knows. Talk to your doctor about a 2-in-1 HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? I don't know. Go for a run, take a nap, read a book, maybe show up for a friend. A lot of people spend their lives wishing they had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and to make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of that. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com deadass today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash deadass. You may be aware that most people who are black have O blood type. 
O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show Black Founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black Founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing Black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. All right, and we're back. So at this point, DeVal, um, I wasn't here in... I was nope. in America. You weren't in America. I and I want to put out this here. of the country. Trouble. Mark this down for a podcast for us to do about miscommunications. Because mm. this story leads into a huge miscommunication between Kadeen and I. Yes. It was a an awful. It was an awful. Awful, awful time for us. Yes. Um, it was like bittersweet. Yeah. All of the bittersweet moments all in one. Yeah. Um, major disagreement, major argument, major tears. It was like a big, yeah. It, talk about unraveling. Yeah, it was a big unraveling. Yeah, it was a big deal. The weekend that followed. That. Um, exactly. So I, from a distance, was trying to decipher like what was going on with you. Um, and I'm so used to whenever you're filming, knowing how strenuous your schedule is at yeah. TPS, that Deval is usually completely locked in. We don't hear much. I, I try to keep all distractions away from you. So that was yeah. the whole purpose of us bringing. In the reinforcement. So we had your right. parents, your grandparents in here. So we we're like four adults in the house. Your sister was here as well. We got five adults in the house to kind of divide and conquer with the kids so that way you can focus. And typically yeah. you stay on campus when you film. Right. But this time around you didn't because you felt like, okay, at the end of the nights I can come home, spend some time with the family at least for an hour or two and then go back. Well, but you it wasn't didn't do just that, that this time around. It wasn't just that. It was also because remember I had missed Jackson's uh, football banquet. Mm-hmm. He won offensive, uh, outstanding offensive back. His first oh, year back yeah. in football. And he said to Kay, he, he said, me, yeah. Mom, you know, this is why I'll never be an actor because you miss moments like this. Yeah. So that that hurt me. You know what I'm saying? That hurt me a lot. And I was like, you know what? If if it's going to take an hour out of my day in the morning and an hour out of my day at night mm-hmm. of sleep, then I'm just going to drive home so I can at least see my boys at night. Right. Or at least wake up in the morning and kiss them before I go off to work. So. Mm-hmm. I made a choice to to drive and be here. Right. Yeah. Um, what was particularly interesting to me when you told that story, just hearing you tell it now for everyone to mm-hmm. hear, not hearing it from my perspective in that moment, you were so concerned about everyone else and their livelihood and making sure that they would be okay that you completely put yourself on the back burner. Yeah. You said, if I didn't work on this Friday or if I got diagnosed with something that would put me out, for mm-hmm. that next week, then this, you know, the cast couldn't work. The cast couldn't get paid yeah. before the holidays. It would cost Tyler money. Like, you were thinking about everyone else but yourself. 
And that is just a testament to the person that you are. And I think I that contributes that. so much to, on the, on the, on the, the, the back end, um, this is the bitter side. You know, that's the sweet side. Yeah. The bitter side is that it now causes you to be working and functioning continually as a, at a deficit. Yeah. And I, that's a problem. And, I, and I, I receive what you're saying, but I also agree that I believe everyone in the cast makes the same sacrifice. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like everyone who has an important job that the job can't. And I say the cast specifically because we're the ones in front of the camera, right? Mm -hmm. So if, if someone gets sick, that's a part of the grips or the PAs. No one will know if they're replaced. Mm -hmm. But when you come to watch a show, if Zach isn't there, no one else can play Zach. Like if, if Danny isn't there, no one else can play Danny or Fatima or Andy. So mm -hmm. I think all the cast make it a point, And we talk about this. Weeks leading up to filming, because of our shooting schedule and because we don't have time to do reshoots, mm -hmm. we all kind of isolate ourselves from the world so that we don't get sick. That is Because true. that has been our, our world for the past three years with COVID. You know, if you test positive for COVID, you can't film. Mm -hmm. And at TPS, we film all of the season in two weeks. Mm -hmm. So if you test positive for COVID and that takes you out for 10 days, then the whole oh, yeah. shoot gets pushed back and the way Tyler's schedule works... You don't film in November, you may not be coming back again until February. Mm -hmm. So I think everyone in the cast makes a, a decision once we find out we're going back. All right, two weeks out, can't go to events. You know, I miss family time. Mm -hmm. If things are happening, so and we all make that decision. So it isn't just me. No, I don't you're right. There you're make absolutely right. Like, Case in point, um, Crystal. Crystal's Dakota's godmother. Yes. And we were trying to plan his first birthday party mm -hmm. and his christening in one. And we're, she's supposed to come to New York. And at this point, we didn't even know y'all were filming yet. And then it just right. kind of came up like, hey, we're going to be filming, which put us like two weeks after when would have been yeah. his first birthday party and his christening. And she's like, sis, you know, I really want to be there for sure. But not, typically I lock myself down. So right. let's try to find a way to make this work. So we ended up doing everything safely. We had people COVID testing, people staying at home. And I think people now... Um, understand that if they're not feeling well, just don't Stay home. Just, just don't go nowhere. And, and Stay also, home. People are very sensitive to that now. I also made it an effort to not be in the crowds. Mm -hmm. Like when the people like, where's DeVal? Where's DeVal? A lot yeah. of time I was outside. Yeah. And it wasn't because I was trying to avoid anybody. Mm -hmm. But you're in closed spaces. We had about 75 people come yeah. to the first birthday party. And, you know, if one person gets sick or sneeze or cough, and I don't want to be the reason that everyone has to wear masks, it's my son's first birthday party. His right. first birthday party shouldn't be about what his dad does for work. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it was like, yo, let people have a good time. I'm going to remove myself. Mm -hmm. I'll come in for pictures. I'll come in and say hi and stuff, but I'm going to be outside. Because yeah. I also can't be the reason why the production mm -hmm. doesn't go on. Right. So that's everything that was going on in my mind. And part of burnout is a mental burnout. Mm -hmm. How do you balance trying to be what you need to be for your production, but also be what you need to be for your family? Mm -hmm. In the midst of all that, we had a whole bunch of other production shoots and stuff to do for the book tour mm -hmm. and the podcast and the live so podcast. It was just so many things that my mind was like, like I was exhausted. The days were rolling into the days. And I remember saying, to, you know how I lost the 15 pounds in those five days? Mm -hmm. I woke up on the Monday and said, you know what? Let me kiss all the boys before I leave. Mm -hmm. I don't need to get anything to eat because when I get there, I get something to eat when I get on set. To, I get on set. The traffic is so bad coming from here going to the studio that every time I got there, it was right before I needed to get in the chair mm. because I was also so tired. Yeah. So I would get there and be like, oh, I got to get in the chair. Oh, I got to get ready for makeup. Oh, I got to get ready for hair. And then they're like, Deval, we need you on set. Fine, I'll eat at lunch. Then lunch would get there. 
And when, when lunch will get there, my cast mates would be like, bro, we got seven scenes after lunch. Like, let's run. I'm like, bet, let's run, let's run. Then I'd be like, you know what? I'll take a couple bites of food at lunch, run my lines. I'll eat when I get home. Then we get, we finish, we wrap at 12 o'clock. I drive home. It's 1, 1.30. And I'm so tired. I'm like, man, let me just get in the bed. I'll take mm -hmm. a couple bites of food. I'm so tired. And I have to rehearse. So I'm FaceTiming my castmates because I'm not staying on campus. I'm either FaceTiming them for an hour to go over the scenes we have tomorrow, or I'm just studying my lines. And then I go to sleep, wake up, and repeat the same thing for five days, not realizing I'm going off of bits of food and not even water. Mm. So most of the 15 pounds I lost was water weight, and I was extremely dehydrated. That's why I felt the way right. I felt. On top of that, it was all the mental strain and the emotional stuff from the months mm -hmm. of piling onto my schedule that I literally was burnt out. Absolutely. And when I think about burnout, um, I'd seen a meme recently that kind of broke down different ways that people can be exhausted. So, you know, sometimes you just say, oh, I'm super, super tired. Like, I'm just tired. I'm, I need to sleep. So right. it's like a physical layer of exhaustion, right? That need to just feeling like I want to sleep. Then you have the mental, you know, exhaustion where it's just like, I just wish I could disconnect turn my mind yeah. off, stop thinking about all of the things that needs to get done, could be getting done. Um, then, of course, emotional exhaustion. There can also be spiritual exhaustion. There's so many different ways to kind of, you know, uh, categorize your exhaustion and how you're burnt out. So I think we can touch on a little bit of that and how it's affected us. Um, looking at some facts and stats, according to the World Health Organization, burnout is a syndrome resulting from workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It's characterized by three dimensions, feeling of feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. Yeah. Increased mental distance from one's job or feelings of negativ negativism or cynicism related to one's job and reduced professional efficacy. That's a fancy ass word. I yes. Trouble <laughs> with the fancy words today. With the fancy ass words. Um, so three types of burnout. Burnout by volume. So being too busy to slow down and rest, which I think is something yeah. that we both suffer from. Yeah. Um, burnout by boredom, not being challenged or interested in your life or work. I don't think that, that definitely was does not, not apply for us. Yeah, that's not us. <laughs> I wish I had time to be bored, y'all. I wish. And then burnout by socialization, so committing to others more than yourself, which definitely I think is a layer for us so because one so much of our job requires us to yeah. interact with people. Um, and I was even talking to the podcast crew the other night, and I was like, man, I, I'm not sure if it's the burnout that made me feel this way or if it was the pandemic or maybe a little bit of both, but someone who's always been so social and a people person in more recent years, I want to say in the past two years, I found that I'm become more of an introvert. Like I enjoy just being either alone or yeah. just with my immediate family or just taking time to just have peace and quiet. And it may just be also in part because our house literally always has someone yeah. in it, something going, whether it's something work related, just having family coming into town. And that sometimes is a conflict for you and I, because you are still Mr. Social Butterfly, so you're always like, come on by, come on by. And then I'm just like, well, I don't want to talk to nobody today. So <laughs> how's that going to work out when you don't want someone to feel like they're not welcome in your home? Because, of course, right. we do welcome people here to come by and visit and stuff. But it's like, if I'm tired and I'm burnt out, I just literally don't want to have to sometimes even think about opening my mouth to address someone and have small talk. You know what's funny? My burnout, you know what helps my burnout? Having company. Because when, when I'm here by myself, my mind wonders. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wanders. So, and it's like, what didn't I do? What can be done better? And how can I fix it right now? Mm. And when I'm here by myself, I don't have many forms of entertainment that I'm like that interested in. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Like right now, my well, it's been this way for the past six years, right? I'm the person that told myself I'm going to build my social media following to get my platform up, to boost my profile so I can be an actor and do all these things. And I want to build a legacy for my family, my wife. And I told Matt, who's a part of the podcast team now, I told him this years ago what I was going to do, right? And I've been, I've been like willing it to happen. So part of that is me feeling like if I don't do something, it's all going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Part of the burnout comes from feeling like you can't delegate responsibilities. For sure. And you have to handle everything. That's all you. Because it all comes from your mind. Absolutely. You know, and when I don't have people here, like when the podcast is done, when everyone goes home, for a minute it's like, was that good enough? Next time we can do more. Rather than do two podcasts, we do three podcasts. And I have to talk myself out of doing more because mm-hmm. for me in the the recent past, more has gotten us more. Mm-hmm. And after being in the NFL and I don't want to say failing, but coming up short in what I wanted to do, mainly because I wasn't all in. Mm. I started to feel like I got to be all in in everything. And if I'm not all in, then I'm going to fail again. And that's what's contributed to the burnout because I also do the same thing to my kids. I take them to practice. I see the things that aren't being done. And now I'm coaching on the team. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm coaching on the team, I can see all the deficiencies that Jackson got. So I take them to the gym. Let's work mm-hmm. on all your deficiencies. And then I become addicted to his success, very much like how I got addicted to your success. And we mm-hmm. talked about this in the book. And matter of fact, that's another podcast we can talk about, being addicted to your partner's success. Mm-hmm. It's like all of these things, because of my personality being so addictive, contributes to me burning out because I don't know how to put one down. Right. You know, the podcast got to be perfect. Sisters got to be perfect. The travel show got to be perfect. My marriage got to be perfect. I got a parent perfect. The team has to be perfect, which means all the kids got to be perfect. And then before you know it, I'm trying to put all this energy into all of these things and none of it into myself. Yep. Yep. You are the epitome of spread thin. Yeah. You're the epitome of spread thin. And I feel like watching you over the years, just as a person, a lot of this is a testimony to who you are. So you've become as successful as you've been now. And I think it's only the start because it's literally seeds that we've been planting and you've been planting that I've witnessed over the past 20 years and more aggressively with your career in the past six years. Um, But also, too, you have a problem with delegating and letting people do. do their jobs. But I understand that because a lot of times, even when we do delegate, we always look to you to say, Deval, well, what do you think? Right. Because I think there's a pressure that for example, me as your wife and your business partner and your your co-host, there's a pressure that I feel to measure up to a standard that you have. And that burns you out. And that I burns know. me out. I see it. Yeah, I see it. That burns me out mentally because it's always, am I good enough or am I doing enough? Or I'll feel guilty for, like, for example, when the podcast is over and you're thinking of what can be doing next. And I'm like, oh, great. The podcast is over. Let me go into my corner and just sit for a second right. and completely blank out. Let me watch a show. Let me spend time with the kids. Let me do something that takes my mind off of work. Whereas you're thinking about the next thing. So... It's it's a tough place to be in because I can appreciate it and I can see how you've become that delusionally successful person and you will be that and it's only going to go up from here. But I know. But it also, too, is at your detriment. So I feel like my purpose or a large part of my purpose is as I help you to achieve those things, I have to keep you grounded and keep you um, in a space where I'm creating an environment for you to have downtime and forcing that downtime on you, in a sense. Yeah, like you made me go away on vacation. Absolutely. Or even for my birthday, I'm like, shoot, 
I was burnt out by the time my birthday hit. Yeah, in you December. didn't want to do anything for your birthday, and that's the first time you already know. Now, y'all know, y'all, you know how I feel about the holiday time. So once October hits, it starts holiday season for yeah. me, right? So October hits, it's holiday season, Halloween happens. Then I'm starting to gear up for my birthday, yeah. which is December 5th. <laughs> my Christmas trees are going up November 1st. My trees are up the entire Thanksgiving season. Yeah. We have family, friends over. Then we go spiral right into my birthday, yeah. right out of my birthday. We're gearing up for Christmas, the new year. I had zero energy to do any of that this year. And that's how you know. That yeah. Kadeen had had enough. My mom, bless her heart, put up all six of my trees by herself. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to Mimi. Shout for out that. to Mimi for that. Because if it wasn't least, for Mimi, listen, the trees been no would have been Christmas in the spirit. bins. Exactly. And I'm like, the children deserve to at least have that, as we were still ripping and running towards yeah. the end of the year. And for my birthday this year, typically I'm like, oh shoot, I'm like, shoot, this is 39. My last year, in my 30s. I'm gonna have a 35 birthday. What did we do for my birthday? A staycation in a, a, staycation. In a, in a random Airbnb off the grid. Uber Eats <laughs> to the, yeah, to the we, Airbnb. We both were scared. Watched Netflix and but, that was it. But I think we do have to talk a little bit about why we needed that because it also leads into like ways to combat burnout, right? Uh -huh. um, after the whole scare with me, I, and guys, I'm going to be honest, I thought I was having a stroke. Like I work out every single day. I still lift heavy weights. I still do sprints. I still play basketball. I can still run fast and jump high. So when I couldn't lift my legs out of the bed and my vision was blurry and I was feeling like all these different like temperature changes, I thought I was having a stroke. I thought that I had like like worried myself into having having some neurological dysfunction in my body. And right. I was extremely scared. And coming off of that, I still had to finish the week of filming. So we finished the week of filming. But then we had to go right into planning Kaz's uh, fifth birthday in Disney World. Mm -hmm. And we did that. Mm -hmm. And I was exhausted. And I people knew I was exhausted. There were comments on Instagram. People were like, yo, DeVal, you look tired. You need some rest. My mom, my dad, everybody's like, yo, bro, you look tired. Mm -hmm. So Kay said, yo, for my birthday this year, we're not telling anybody where we're going, what we're doing. We need to get off the grid. We need to just spend a couple days. And it was like four days. Mm -hmm. Four days by ourselves. We told Denora, we're not taking no business calls, <laughs> which no, ended up not happening. No, no. It was supposed to be a two-week block. Remember? On I, the there's calendar, no way we could do two weeks. There was there's a no two-week block. And and two-week block, I say loosely because, like, we know we, we can't no take two weeks off of life. Like, there's just no way, right? Especially if we were gearing up for a yeah, busy no beginning of 2023. But within that, we were, like, very minimal conversations about work and stuff, yeah. right? So go ahead. Sorry. Then while we're away, and here's the funny part. I remember when Josh was here, we were filming the last couple episodes of the podcast for the year. And Josh said, like, what you doing with, for Kay for her birthday? So me and Kay decided we're not going to tell anybody. We wanted to literally be away by ourselves and not have anybody know where we are. Because typically when people know where we are, they ask us to do things. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not like do things for them. It's just like, oh, y'all going to be here? This will be great content for this. Or you have a partnership with that. If you're going to be there, do you mind stopping by this store? They're going to pay X, Y, Z for you to come in. And it's like, yo, don't yeah. tell nobody where we're going to be. <laughs> right. So that we can just at least get some sleep and some rest. Right. And, and it just worked. It worked out well for us in that moment. I think we did have some time to. We did. 
to disconnect and to reconnect. In but the I did have to a take a, a business things. call. Yeah, you took a business call here or and there. And Kay was pissed about it. I was. I was annoyed. But again, it goes back to me understanding like how you function. I know that you were not going to be able to rest yeah. If you had to be disconnected from work for that amount of time. Yeah. But the thing that scared me the most in that moment, just as your wife and as a human and, and your best friend and somebody who cares for you, was seeing you literally break. Yeah. Like you kept saying to me, like, hey, I feel like something broke is broken in me. Yeah, that's what I kept saying. I felt you like, kept something, saying, broke. like yeah. something broke. And you couldn't get out of that rut for a mm-hmm. bit. Um and that broke me in a sense because I'm like, shit, this is something that I don't even know if I can fix. And it's just like, oh my God, do I like try to get, encourage him to go see a therapist? Like what exactly would have helped you to get out of that moment? I didn't know. So it left me feeling very helpless. Right. And it was a very emotional time for both of us because coming off of the miscommunication that we had when everything transpired, when I was away in Jamaica and you were here filming yeah. and then everything doubled down on that. It was just a really, really tough space for me to be in. And all I felt like I needed to do was just be there. Yeah. And I remember at one point you were kind of breaking down. You were you were very emotional. You were telling yeah. me about how you felt. And all I could do in that moment was just sit and listen. You know, I feel like we both have that desire to want to fix whatever's yeah, broken in each absolutely. other. Yeah. And sometimes we just don't have the answer. And I think in that moment it required me to just listen to you. And after I kind of listened to you, and you kind of spoke slowly over the course of maybe 30 minutes about how you felt. And after that, you were just like, man, I just, I feel so much better that you just listened. You didn't try to intervene. You weren't trying to yeah. fix anything, but you were able to offload some of the things that you were thinking. Um, and something that always kind of rests in the back of my mind whenever I look at you and I think about how much your brain just works and never turns off, you know, Alzheimer's running in your family. Yeah. You know, different That was a thing illnesses. that scared me as well. Yeah, those that runs in your family. And I know some certain things are genetic and we try to find ways to break the cycle of those things yeah. by, you know, knowing better and doing better. So if it means changing your diet, exercising, if it means, you know, having those mental touch bases or having those offload moments, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, having those offload moments, it will then hopefully combat those things from happening, right? Yeah, and I, and I, I don't want to glance, but I don't want to glance over what you said, like having Alzheimer's running in my family. Mm-hmm. My grandmother went into early onset Alzheimer's in her 60s. Then my uncle Charles, mm-hmm. shout out to my uncle Charles, he went into early onset Alzheimer's in his Alzheimer's in his early like, 50s. Yeah, 53 or 54. And it was stress-induced Alzheimer's. Yes. They ended up getting an MRI and a CAT scan. He had lesions on his brain, which yeah. was caused by stress. Stress. And uh, he was working multiple jobs, trying to do everything that a man is supposed to do for his family. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that scared me because yes. I was just like, man, I do work a lot. Yeah. And I often spend maybe three hours sleeping. And, you know, a lot of people make jokes about quality sleep. Yeah, quality sleep. Like a lot of people make jokes about marijuana and it becoming legal. And yeah, I got to smoke. I got to do this. I'm going to tell you this right now, guys. I don't sleep well. If I don't drink a glass of wine or if I don't smoke a little bit right before I go to bed, my brain is constantly thinking about what has to happen next. I check my emails first thing in the morning, last thing before I go to sleep. I check my bank account first thing in the morning, last thing before I go to sleep. And that's just my personality. I just, I'm super controlling, but I'm also afraid, you know, Mm -hmm. like I have an unhealthy fear with losing everything 
And it's like PTSD from mm -hmm. what happened to us in 2008 and 2009. Mm -hmm. We literally did everything that they tell you you're supposed to do when you're a professional athlete. I took my money. I put it in the stock market. I took my money. I invested in property. I didn't buy big fancy cars. We didn't travel all mm -hmm. the time. We didn't buy jewelry. I did all of yep. the things. Then the financial market crashes and we run into the biggest recession since the Great Depression and we lose everything and have to start over. Mm -hmm. My biggest fear is that having to ha that happened again and we having to do that again. Right. So I feel like I just I walk around with this anxiety. It's like, is this the day that everything stops? Because I remember that feeling. I was it was 2008. I was on my way to camp. And I was driving your, here I am in the NFL. I was driving Kadeen's Acura TSX. Mm -hmm. Still didn't buy a fancy car. Mm -hmm. I was listening to um, Ain't It Pretty? Ain't It Pretty When She Walks. Oh, yeah, well, I Ain't am. Ain't It Pretty When phone. She Talks. Uh -huh. And I remember giving you a kiss when we left the home that we had just purchased. We had just got engaged mm -hmm. and feeling like, man, everything is just perfect. Mm -hmm. Going to camp. And then three weeks later, after having a great camp, mm -hmm. getting cut. Yep. That shit was crazy. And then after getting cut, two mm -hmm. days later, turning on the TV and being, the stock market fell for consecutive days for the first time since 1965. Mm -hmm. And then being on the phone and being like, yo, what's going on with my account? Like, why? And I remember it like, like it was like, everything's perfect. Everything's fine. DeVal's going to make the team. He started, he's slated to be the starting returner. It's like everything perfect yeah. to a nightmare mm -hmm. in weeks, like a matter of weeks. Mm -hmm. And that PTSD gives me so much anxiety and I walk around always trying to do stuff to make sure state. that that doesn't happen. And I yeah. think that contributed to my burnout. Mm -hmm. But I also realized how me being like that contributes to everyone around me's burnout. Like sometimes I can tell when I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm overwhelming you, mm -hmm. right? I can look at Jackson and be like, wait a minute, I think I'm overwhelming, overwhelming Jackson. Yeah. I can look always... at the podcast crew sometimes and be like, ah, shit. Like, they, uh, they be wanting to cry too because you always... You always <laughs> You say to me, sometimes you look at me and my eyes will just well up and you'll be talking to me. And you'll be like, yo, what did I say to make you cry? And I'm like, I don't even know. I, I just feel like in right. this moment, like I'm not doing enough. Like I should be right. doing something. And I, 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 it makes me emotional. Same thing with Jackson. You're just like, yo, why is it when I speak right. to people, like they feel like they want to cry? And it's like, I think it's all, it's, I know Jackson and I share the same sentiment in that we don't want to disappoint you. You know, yeah. seeing as though you're such a high achiever and you always are expecting the best out of people. It's like, shit. Here I am as my life partner. Here he is as your child. And we just don't want to let you down. We don't want to disappoint. We don't want to be the weak link. Nobody wants to be the weak link. I hear that. The crew, nobody wants to be the weak link, you know? I hear that. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a crazy juxtaposition because it's like, you know, iron sharpens iron, right? So you yeah. want to be in your presence and you want to work with someone like you because it's like, damn, this person's going to make me that much more motivated. This, this person's going to help yeah. me get to whatever goal it is that I have set for myself. This person is going to show me a way to do something that I really want to do, right? You think about even just Josh and Matt on the team and how they were shooting weddings as a, as, a, as a photographer and doing so well in that field and then saying like, man, I feel like there's more to my talent. Like I can do more. I can right. start doing video. We can start editing. We can do a production company. And then you found ways to be able to just help everyone see that much more potential in themselves and achieve those things. But then it's also like, damn, like there's never an off button. But that's usually with most successful people. Yeah, like, like one thing I'm not going to do is apologize for seeing, like, if there's a gift that I think that God gave me, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that my gift is in in creating and my gift is in, in being funny or mm -hmm. my gift. 
I feel like my gift is seeing other people's gifts. For sure. Like every business that I've built, whether it was from elite prototype athletics to the sports performance lab to the mentorship program, I've always seen things in people and be like, yo, you know, if you do things like this, you could expand your business and your reach exponentially. Take Roger, for example. Oh, my God. Roger graduated from college, had no clue what he wanted to do. And I was like, college, you're a great, like, Roger, you're a great teacher. So for those of you who don't know, Roger worked with DeVal as part of Elite Prototype. He was actually one of your mentees. He was one of my mentees. He was one of my mentees. He went to Madison like I did, but he's way younger than me. He came around when he was about, what, 16, 17? 16. He was in 2009. I was... 2007, I had went back to Madison. They'd retired my jersey. Mm-hmm. He was a freshman. We kept in touch at that time. He left. He was the leading rusher in the senior year of high, uh, high school. Was looking for college scholarships. My brother and I helped him get a college scholarship to CW Post. Mm-hmm. He ended up earning his full scholarship. And he became like, like our little brother. Roger's biggest dream was to go to the NFL. One thing I saw in Roger was that he was so detail-oriented with how he broke down the game. I was like, yo, he would be a great coach. But then I was thinking bigger. I'm like, forget this coach. He could be a great teacher, like life teacher. Then he, he um, graduated from college. NFL didn't happen. He's like, coach, I don't know what to do next. I started the mentorship program through Prototype, which was a partnership with the United Way, where they gave me funds so that I could create opportunities to put mentors, young black male mentors, in public schools in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So we started this whole initiative in this program, and I took the kids that graduated from college who didn't reach their dream of playing in the NFL or NBA, and I said, here's an opportunity to use what you've learned in college to mentor young people who look like you. I said, you got two years to figure out what you want to do next. In those two years, we paid them, made sure that they had a, a smooth transition into the real world. I noticed that Roger was really good with the kids, and he could relate, and he was good at educating. And I said, yo, why don't you just be a teacher? So then he went back to school, got his master's degree, became a teacher, passed these exams to get his license so that he could be a teacher. So he became a teacher. And then he started tutoring. And I was like, Roger, why why would you just tutor one or two kids? Why don't you build a program where you can tutor multiple kids? And I started talking to him about it. And we built this whole program out. And he took it (laughs) and ran ran with it. it. He sure did. And now he's retired from teaching. Mm -hmm. He's, I think, about to turn 30 or maybe 30. Mm Mm-hmm. And he has a business making a quarter million dollars that he runs from his home. Mm -hmm. And it's like, God blessed me with the vision to see people's potential. I see when people do stuff and I'm like, yo, do you know you can do this? And I want that for myself as well. Mm -hmm. So I can see the vision and I I have the vision to see what God has placed in me. I can see it in you. Mm -hmm. I tell you all the time since I met you, I was like, yo, I can see you can do so many different things. And I feel like part of the issue is I push people a lot, hoping that they can see what I see. Mm-hmm. But I do realize how hard it, it is to get to that level. Right. And unless you have the mental fortitude to yeah. withstand the type of work necessary, most people are going to burn out. Right. So in Roger's instance, you showed him all of these things that he could potentially do, but he ultimately had to execute he had it to on do his it. own. He right. had to do it. He yeah. had to do it. So that's the conflict, I think, for you sometimes is that you're just like, man, this person can do. Even with me, you're like, kidding, you can do all these things, but do you want to do it is the question, you know? And that's when sometimes I look at myself and I'm like, damn, I really think that I'm letting DeVal down because he thinks that I can do all these things. I know I can do all these things, but then 
I usually end up self-sabotaging or having another baby and then <laughs> that sets well, me back to well, the, so. the baby part is that's part of my problem. I ain't, <laughs> that's bust together. No, that was an agreement that we made together. Right. We were gonna be having these babies. But um but yeah, it's um it's just one of those things where I feel like it's one of my duties as your partner, as your wife, as your best friend to always do those touch bases. I said in my soundbite earlier, checking on your strong friends, that's always, you know, a motto that you hear, check on the strong ones, check on the one check on the ones that are always yeah. smiling, check on the ones that always make other people laugh. That you're literally the prime example of that. But people don't see the downside of things when you do. You well yeah. I you see know. it. And I know it and I can feel it. And I don't know if you've realized, but in the past maybe a couple weeks since we've had that fallout and then, you know, we had our downtime around my birthday, I literally will be looking at you like, are you okay? Yeah. Like, do you need anything in this moment? How yeah. can I help you in you this have. moment? Just your, your, your mental. Like, yeah. how was your mental? How was your spirit? Like, those are the questions that I now feel like I need to ask because yeah. I used to rely so much on the fact that the valve was always going to be all right. The valve was going to figure it out. In part, when I was in Jamaica and you told me that that whole episode happened, I was like, oh, but the guy's going to be all right because he's always all yeah. right. And then I had to check myself and be like, shit, like my husband's not always just going to be all right because he historically is. I have to know and I have to have the, the, the wherewithal to say, you know what? He's not really okay. Or how am I going to go the extra mile to make sure that he's okay? Um, so when you told me at the top of the year, we normally do it, it's been become a thing now, yeah. like what's your word for the year? Um, and you would say, so your yeah, word was word like, so, 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 and I was like, why, why so? So, because from now on, if I don't feel like doing something, I'm glad you asked that question because we're going to talk about ways to combat burnout. Mm -hmm. If I don't feel like doing something in the past, I had to convince myself of a good enough reason why I didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And then I had to be able to articulate to other people why I couldn't in that time. Mm -hmm. Now I'm just going to tell people I don't want to do it. Yeah. And they're going to give me reasons why I should. And my answer is going to be, so? <laughs> like, so? Like, I just, I don't, I don't want to do it. Yeah. And I, I don't care what reasons you give me that I should do it or how it could be beneficial to me. My answer is just going to be so. Yeah. It's not beneficial for me health-wise. and It's not. And I think you also need to control the access people have to you because you typically yeah. are always the one to never put your phone down, always want to answer. Yeah. People are coming to you because they know that you're good with brainstorming and coming up with ideas and what about this? And all of a sudden, everybody got business ideas and propositions and proposals for you. And it's just like your accessibility, yeah. I think, has to cut back. And it's crazy because when you look at people who make it out of their community or their environment, you wonder why they don't come back as much or, oh, this person changed because I can't get in touch with them all the time. And it's in part because you just have to protect your your peace, yeah. protect your space. It's no ill feelings towards anybody. No. But sometimes I just need to disconnect a little bit or not be as accessible because I can't keep putting things out, making these, you know, people making these with, withdrawals and nobody yeah. making deposits. That's true. You know, that's true. All right. So real quick, we're just going to go over a couple of ways to combat burnout. And of course, this is going to be dependent on the person and the situation yeah. that they're in. But sometimes you need to say no. Like yeah. no is just no is an answer. No is like no can be an answer. It's no. And no is a complete sentence. Complete sentence. No. Yes. Exclamation point. <laughs> Period. No. Period. That's no. It. I don't want to um, take personal time to unwind and relax as often as you can. You sometimes that. that's easier said than done. You can do the physical relaxing. You can, you know, disconnect for a bit. Yeah. But um, tapping into people who may not know how to mentally disconnect like you, that might require a little bit more than just 
laying down, laying down or, yeah. or watching a show or, you know, so that I think you need to be mindful if you are yeah. taking ways to actually mentally disconnect. That's how I started meditating. Um, I also do the herbal meditations. <laughs> you know, can't go wrong with some herbal meditation. Indeed, indeed. You know? Um, I don't even need all that. The drop of a dime, I'll be asleep. <laughs> or I, I clock, clock me out, clock me out. I ain't thinking about it. It's funny because at the end of the year, I told Nora and the team that I was hibernating and for a while. They were just like, damn, we, we, where's Kadeem? We haven't heard from her. I said, y'all keep contacting me. And I told y'all I'm clocked <laughs> out. So I don't know why y'all keep hitting me. Give me some time. And you have to demand it sometimes. Um, seek support. So if you have, you know, your An person, assistant. Yeah. I'm in the process of hiring an assistant. Yes. Because same. this phone gives me anxiety when my phone lights up or same. dings. I instantly get a headache. Same. And I'm like, what is wrong? What needs to be fixed? Same. What has changed? What's going to cost what? Mm-hmm. Like, how yep. much is that? Like That assistant is en route because I would love to offload certain things so that things yeah. can be done more efficiently. And uh, focus on creating a life-work, work-life balance, yeah. which seems virtually impossible when your life and work is kind of intertwined yeah. like us. But we've been very deliberate about that. We've reinstituted date nights. Yeah. You know, our weekly date night so we can just take time to really unwind and, and reconnect because we don't do well if we're not. Connected. Yeah, we, we nothing. Nothing is in balance in our life, whether it's the work or home, if we're not in balance. That's so we fact. we were very deliberate about, you know what, let's go back to the gym. Mm-hmm. Right. Because what was happening with yeah. Kay and I were. The gym for us was wasn't even like just a place to work out. It became a date. Mm-hmm. You get dressed up. You, you know, you get in the car, you go to the gym. Like, it was a thing. So having a gym in your house, it was like, oh, I'm going to go work out when I get a time. So we weren't even doing it together anymore. Right. She would work out on her time, I'm working on my time. And once again, we were missing each other. Right. And then not sleeping, so you don't see the results of working out. So that was a right. hot mess. Yeah. Or not drinking your water. <laughs> so now we made a decision. Like, we're yeah. going to go to the gym together as a date. We do yeah. that three times a week. Right. I mean, it's not my yeah. ideal date, because y'all know I still have that love-hate relationship with the gym. But the results are coming in, honey. So. They are. You've been working your ass off. Well, no, you've been working Thank your you. ass on. And it <laughs> is a great day. I've been working my ass up. You know, you, when it's you, to be lifted. You have been. I, <laughs> I will say that. And I will say this, gentlemen. Going to the gym with your partner, right? Because I've, I've seen a lot of comments when we're at the gym and I see a lot of women saying, you see, he goes to the gym with her. Mm. I know a lot of men feel like, well, I go to the gym with my friends because that's my God time. Mm-hmm. Plus, you don't want to go to the gym with your girl and have to argue with her right. about what to do. Yeah, and I've become, I was like that for a large right. portion of our life. And so now I don't fight you, I, I said. And I do want to say to mm-hmm. ladies, if you do want him to take you to the gym, mm-hmm. you also have to be like receptive, receptive to, to what yeah. he's saying or what he's doing if you want it to be a together thing. Plus, I love watching my wife deadlift and squat in mm-hmm. tights. <laughs> so it's like, as much as I like being there with the guys, I don't want to see Josh and Matt and Dave do that at the gym. <laughs> but no, like that's not, we can spend time eating pizza and drinking beers on the couch. But if I want to watch somebody squat, I'm going to take my wife to the gym. Speaking of that, did you see me on the rack yesterday? So I I put the weight on my back for the first time in like yeah. two years, I want to say. Squatted 185. Squatted 185. Deep squats. Deep. Six times. Ass to grass, baby. Six times. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I love that. All right, let's take a quick break, and we're going to come back into some quick listener letters. So stay right there. Hey, yo, what's good, y'all? Let me ask you a question. Can you remember how many medicines are in an HIV pill? Well, check this out. If you said two, three, or maybe even four, 
You're absolutely right. Most HIV pills contain three or four medicines, but you also may be able to stay undetectable with just two medicines in one single pill. Yep, there's an HIV pill containing just two medicines that may help you stay undetectable. Why might all this matter for someone on HIV treatment? Well, HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. How many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, don't trip, because your doctor knows. Talk to your doctor about a 2-in-1 HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. You may be aware that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show Black Founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black Founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing Black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All right, and we're back for the latter half of the show, which is listener letters. So Mm -hmm. let's dive right in. First off, bless you and your family and podcast family, Josh and Tribble. Aw, <laughs> thank Tribble. you. I'll keep it to the point. I've been separated officially from my wife since April, but in her head, we've been separated for two years, but yet we still live together. Hmm. I tried to make this marriage thing work so hard, but the stress was affecting my health, vision, and work ethic. I told myself that I needed a fresh start in 2023. So I decided that I had to take her off my insurance and phone bill, and we start filing the process. Mm. We have a son together that's eight, and he's my world. So co-parenting is a must. But besides that, 
I don't want nothing in capital letters to do with his mother anymore. If you guys only knew the amount of verbal abuse I've taken from her over the last nine years, it would blow your mind. So do I just give her a 30 day notice before I cut her off or just do it? Baby. I say be, be mature, be responsible and give her two weeks. Two weeks. Like any job. 30 days is a month. Two weeks is more than enough times. When you when you about to quit something, you give them a two weeks <laughs> two notice, weeks right? Two weeks notice. There you go. You've already decided that y'all were separated. She also just said that y'all were yeah. separated for two years. Absolutely. So you you got two weeks. You, we were separated for two years. We now got, you got two, two weeks, weeks to get a new insurance and get a new phone. And when she <laughs> asks you, but how am I supposed to adopt a Val's year, uh, word of the year? <laughs> so, so. Yeah, it's not my that's problem. That's no longer your problem, sir. But, but I thought... So I don't care what you thought. Yeah, Listen, y'all separated. Y'all officially separated. You have no obligations to that woman. And my hope and prayer for you is that you will be able to co-parent successfully because I know you love your son. And let's hope that she doesn't give you any verbal abuse or any hard ways to go. I'm not so. going to hope and pray that. I'm going to manifest that that's exactly what it's going to be. Love that. Y'all will be fine co-parenting. There you go. I don't got to hope and pray. Period. It only happens if you want it to happen. Yes. Do you want to successfully co-parent? And it'll happen. And since you're Put done, that done out there. for sure. And since you're done, done, and you've already made that up in your mind, then there's no reason for for pettiness to transpire. Right. I can't speak on her behalf, and you know who knows what that looks like. But on your end, just to keep things amicable for your son, try to make it as smooth as possible. Two weeks notice. Chuck the deuces. Yep. Simple. Good luck, bro. Good luck, my guy. Number two. Hi. I need some advice because at this point, I don't know how I stay in this relationship. My fiance, 26, and I, 25 have been together almost two years and have a beautiful baby boy. I love him dearly, but for the last couple of months, we've only been having sex once a month. The sex is great when we have it, but he can almost never get it up. Mm. Damn. I've tried to get him to go to the doctor. He won't make the time. We've tried vitamins and supplements over the counter, but it doesn't work. I'm attracted, so I don't think that's it. He tells me his parts just have a mind of its own. It's not fair how we can ask for a monogamous relationship won't have sex with me. Wow. He can ask for monogamy, not we. No. That's, that's important. This is funny. A woman is saying this. Yeah. It's not fair how he can ask for a monogamous relationship but won't have sex with me. Mm -hmm. You know what's funny about that? You know how many women are going to agree with that? But right. when I said it. <laughs> that is true. When I said it. Yeah, they had they drug you through the ring. They ringer. drug me through the yeah, ring, right, tried yeah. to cancel me on Twitter. Yep, sure did. But I bet you hearing a woman say it, they're going to be like, well, sis is right because if you ain't dropping the dick, then I mean, where you... Nah, it goes both ways. But I agree with you, homegirl. Don't hey listen. Hold that man accountable. Facts. He wanna be he <laughs> he wanna be monogamous. He gonna say to you, you can only be with me. You better tell that man you better get that thing up. That's it. Stand <laughs> up. Stand up. Yo, stand up for your woman. Shoot. Um, I feel like if the roles were reversed, his boys would tell him to leave me if I were the one not having sex with him. See, yep. Probably, yeah. Yes. But since I'm the female, mm -hmm. I'm just supposed to suck it up and wait. No, you're not. <laughs> nope. No, you're not. Nope. Nope. No, she you, said, no. no, I can't keep doing no. this. Please no. help. No, listen, let me let me be clear and Girl. say this again. I'm probably going to get drugged through the mud again. All right? <laughs> but this is a fact, yo. If someone requires monogamy from you. Man or woman. Man or a woman. And, and that's part of their deal breakers. Like, no, we... we can only be with each other. That person cannot withhold sex from you. Yep. That's unfair. Mm -hmm. That's unfair. Mm -hmm. No, you can't be with nobody else. No, you can only be with me. But you're only going to have sex when I want to have sex. 
<laughs> and I'm not ready right now. So you got to wait. That's or unfair. Or the next day. That's unfair for a woman to do it to a man. It's unfair for a man to do, do it, it to a woman. woman. It's exactly. just unfair. It's psychological warfare. <laughs> it is. But I will say this, though. Yes. Right? She said they've been together for two Almost years. Almost two years. Almost two years. Together. And they have a beautiful baby boy together, which means they started having sex and she immediately got pregnant. Mm-hmm. I want her, Why can't he get it up? I want her to consider this. This may not be the issue. This may not be the issue, but there may be two issues if I'm being honest. Okay. Sometimes men can't get it up because they've already gotten it up for somebody else. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put that out there because he's the one that required monogamy. Right. But also, Kanine and I found this out too. I've never had a problem getting it up. Ever. I've, ever. <laughs> I've always gotten, even it when she... It don't matter what stage of life I was in. That's so what I want to say. It didn't matter what stage of life she Jesus. was in. When she was pregnant, right after pregnancy, when she was 180-something pounds, I always got it up. But recently, Kadeen has gotten in the best shape of her life. <laughs> I'm getting there. You're, We're you're getting in there. You're getting there. <laughs> and my get up has been on a different level of get up. And Kadeen be like, bro, what is happening? Get up, stand up. Recently, she was putting the fence up, and she hasn't really been putting the fence up since, like, what, college? <laughs> Then she'd be like, bro, like, like, yo, what's happening? And I'm going to be honest, yo. Easy, brother. How your woman looks definitely has a difference on how your erection comes up. It is the truth, bro. Yeah. It's the and truth, we yo. all know how it is having a baby, after baby. I after mean, baby. You there have even things. said that some men, I don't know, not you particularly, but some men have said it's different when this was my girlfriend or just my wife. Very true, yes. We were having sex before, but then now she's like the mother of my child. Like sometimes they look at the woman differently. And that it's is true. like, damn, I can't freak off with her the way we used to because like true. this is my son's mom. Like that is true. You know what I mean? Like that is true. So maybe that's a part of it. I don't know if that's an anomaly, but I remember in my friends' groups, we mm-hmm. were talking about that, mm-hmm. right? Um, most of the time it changed after the second, third, because it's like, nah, F this. Like I really want to just fuck freak off. But after the first child, a lot of my friends were just like, yo, she's like, she had my baby. Like, like I can't ask her to do the same things that we used to do. Like, I just, mm-hmm. I see her differently. And I was like, all right, give it time. It's going to come back. Like, it's, it's it going to come back. Yeah, it but comes back. it also comes back when you don't see her in the nurturing way. Mm-hmm. I remember when Kadeem first had Jax and I saw her as a nurturer and she was breastfeeding and she was doing, and it was just like, oh, like, that was sweet. Then Kadeem started working out again, started wearing tight clothes again, started wearing short stuff again, and she was all perky. And I was like, oh, there she go. That's the <laughs> one I want to freak off with. So there is a difference yeah. when you're looking at the mother of your children and then we're looking at your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So there could be a couple of things. If he didn't have no issues getting it up before mm-hmm. and he wants monogamy, I doubt that he's cheating. Because if he wasn't cheating, he wouldn't even be the one pushing monogamy. You know what right. I'm saying? He would be, like, yeah. be like, no, nah, you do your thing, I do mine. Like, right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Unless he's just a selfish dude. But here's my thing. Why would a selfish dude push monogamy on someone that they don't want to have sex with? So that to me doesn't it make, make sense. sense. Right, you know exactly. It would be interesting. I, I think you should spark this conversation with him, sis. Yeah, like, see what exactly it might be. Maybe he'll open up and say what it is. Could be a mental thing. I also yeah. had another friend who had to take, he wasn't even old, he was relatively young, but he had to take pills to have sex with his wife because his, he said his wife was annoying as fuck. And... <laughs> She just was not attractive to him anymore in that way because she just talked her way out of stiff dick. Oh. That's what he said. He's like, she would just talk her way out of stiff dick. Like, mm. he would be trying to do Which stuff and then she would, be, she would just be talking about stuff like the bills, the kids, why you ain't do this and now you want to have sex and now this and then, but this ain't get done. And he just be like, fuck it. Like, I just like, oh, I don't wow. want to do this no more. And he's like, yeah. she just wouldn't stop talking. Right. So there could be a lot of things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely so, worth having a conversation. Last one. 
check his health. Has he been working out? Is he in the best shape? Because erections also come with blood flow. And if you've been eating and out of shape and you letting yourself go as a man, sometimes your body doesn't respond. So there's a lot of things he can look into. So many things. Good yeah. luck to your girl. Hope it works out for you and the fiance, especially before y'all tie the knot. Because don't Facts. think that, mar- that marriage is going to fix nothing because it won't. It don't. It sure as hell won't. All right, y'all. Keep writing into us in this new year. We love, love, love to hear from y'all. And one of my favorite episodes is always the listener letter episode where we pull a bunch of stories from y'all and we give our little two cents, okay? So if you want to be featured as one of our listener letters, be sure to email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. My bad. I almost clipped you on the spelling there. This year, you ain't been letting me get the spelling out. My bad. My bad. All right, now. Uh, Moment of truth, we're talking burnout, what that looks like, how you can be burnt out physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of the Lees babies. So what you got as a final word for the folks out there today? Uh, This is my moment of truth for burnout. Most people who are burnt out don't realize that they're getting burnt out. Mm. And if you are the loved one of someone who you know has a tendency to get burnt out, do them a favor and stop them and save them from themselves. Mm. Like... Kadeen has done a good job of saying to me, like, yo, Deval, enough is enough. You really have to slow down. And if it weren't for her, my mom who calls, um, Denora who also checks in on mm-hmm. me, I probably would have been w- burnt out way sooner. Mm-hmm. But you guys yeah. tend to reel me back in and say, Absolutely. chill, that can get done in a later time. So check on your strong friends. Yeah, that was actually going to be my moment of truth. So to piggyback on that, sometimes it requires not just you being the one to say, hey, friend, hey, spouse. Hey, you know, yeah. whoever. Hey, coworker, I can see you're burnt out. Sometimes it requires you to then tap into those support people around. So so the village around yeah. that person to say, hey, just check on devout. So unbeknownst to you, there were a couple people who I had spoken to who were close to you or whose mm-hmm. opinion that I know you value, mm-hmm. which are very far and few in between, that I said, hey, check on your boy. Check on your son. Yeah. Check on your brother. Like Just to Appreciate make sure that. that you have people who are not aware that you have burnout happening or that yeah. you may be in a bad mental space. Because a lot of times people aren't even privy to that because why? Right. You are presenting as that person that's always okay. Yeah. You're presenting as that person who's always in a good mood and always making people laugh. So people don't even know yeah. sometimes that things are happening yeah. within unless they're privy to it because of how you're presenting. Yeah. So it then required me as your wife to then say to a couple different people, hey, just so you're aware, this is what's going on with DeVal. Very loosely, not telling your mm-hmm. business, but just saying you, you, know, you might want to check on right. him. <laughs> I wasn't telling you your was. business. I wasn't. Um, nothing in detail, but it's just like, hey, he just may need some time, you know? Um, so be, be be that village for the person who may need the, the support during that burnout period. And if you are the burnt out person, you got to find ways. Say you no have to find and ways. so. No, no and so. And so. That's, That's it. it. Can you do this? No. Yeah, but DeVal, so? <laughs> okay. That's it. All right, y'all. Be sure to find us on social media. The podcast page is Dead Ass the Podcast on Instagram. And you can find me, Kadeen I Am, on Instagram and TikTok now. And you can follow me at I Am Deval. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you want to check out all of the video content of the podcast, including the after show, go to Patreon. All right, Dead Ass. Dead Ass. Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.